This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 488. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 488. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the I think it's the 21st. Yes, October 21st. And I will tell you, it's like intermittently pouring, pouring rain with thunder here. And it's super dark and gray. And it so matches the mood of this conversation. So thank you to Seattle Weather for being on brand today. So we're going to talk today about being tired and I will tell you, I've had so many ups and downs with my energy since the beginning of March. I'm sure you have too. And what I've noticed is how much it parallels newborn land. So if you have a newborn during this time, and shout out to my mamas who have new babies right now, because bless you, this is not an easy time to have a new baby for so many reasons. But I know for many of us, We had babies a while ago, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple of years ago, and we forgot what newborn land is like. And this time is very much like newborn land. We are in this phase, which originally we thought would be a few weeks or maybe a month or two, and now it's been many months. And we're in this phase where we are having to be burdened by things that we can't control. 
and that are unpredictable and that we can't change in many cases. And we don't know when it's going to end or change or shift or evolve. And that's exactly what it is when you have a newborn, right? Like that was the hardest part of having a newborn for me was having no control. And it was one thing to have a hard day. And I could look at like, okay, well, today was a hard day, but tomorrow will probably be better. But when you have a newborn, you're like, no, like tomorrow could be exactly the same. I might have to repeat the same day. And the prospect of that is more than I can bear. And that's where we're at right now. When you have a really hard day while you're working from home and your partner's working from home and your kids are distance learning and you get to the end of the day and you're not like, well, tomorrow will be better. In many cases, you're like, oh my gosh, tomorrow could be exactly the same or it could even be worse. That wears on a lady, right? That really, really wears on us over time. And also like newborn land, we're not in a position where we can be like, well, I'm kind of tired, so I'm just going to take a nap or I'm going to go on a vacation or I'm going to like do anything like to rest and restore and recover. Instead, we really have to keep giving ourselves these pep talks and saying like, just keep going. You can do it one more day. And the long term impact of having to push through over and over and over, sometimes it's day to day, but I also know sometimes it's hour to hour, sometimes it's minute to minute. I know with distance learning, sometimes it is like one Zoom call to the next or one frantically looking for a Zoom link and password to the next, right? And so when we're doing that, we're constantly thinking like, just one more, just one more, just one more. And we don't recognize how much that wears on us over time. So there's this thing that happened in new, when I was when Vinny was really little, and I know so many other moms have heard talk about this too, is that you adapt to very low expectations and very low needs around sleep and rest. And so I know for me, when Vinny would have really hard nights and be up over and over, and I would wake up and be like, oh my gosh, like I think I got you know, cumulatively three hours of sleep last night, how am I going to get through this day? I knew if I focused on that, it would only make it worse. So I spent a lot of time trying to talk myself into like, no, you can do it. You've done it before. You'll do it again. It'll be fine. And then throughout the day, proving to myself, like, look, you're doing it. You're getting by on three hours of sleep. And over time, the message that I gave to myself, and I know many women do this, is that like, I'm good. I'm fine. We don't recognize signs of fatigue because we have to override them so many times when we have little ones. And if you have little ones back to back, this is even more so the case where it might be for a handful of years that you are not getting good sleep and you can't afford to be like recognize how tired you truly are. There's that piece of it. And also you get to a point of just being functional while you're tired. So you literally don't even notice. So you'll, you know, for most of the time you're like, no, I'm good. And then like you might have a day or two a week where you're overwhelmingly tired, but you push through it. And then you're like, no, I'm fine again, rather than recognizing, oh, wait, like we have some comprehensive (laughs) chronic fatigue happening here that is super cumulative. And what are we going to do about that? And often we're not in a place where we can do anything about it because we like have to get the next meal ready, right? (laughs) We have to like do like the next thing that's right in front of our face and we can't stop to be like, oh, I need to really take control and take charge of like recovering from three years of sleeplessness, (laughs) right? So that's where we're at right now where we're eight months in and in this position of like, I can't push pause to decide that I'm going to catch up and rest from all of the decision fatigue and the physical fatigue and the emotional fatigue and all the different layers of fatigue 
from the last eight months. Like there's just not the option to do that, right? So I want you to know that if you are feeling this fatigue and you are feeling tired on any level, whether it's like low grade fatigue, low grade depression, whether it is like you're by two o'clock every day wanting to like lay down and close your eyes, whatever it is for you, just know that what you're feeling is super real and it's extremely legitimate and valid. You should be feeling super tired right now. If you're not feeling super tired right now, I'm going to ask you to listen inward a little bit more and see if you might be missing some signs of fatigue. Okay, so here's some of the reasons that you might be tired. And this is going to, I hope, feel really validating to you because here's the other thing that happens again in newborn land that parallels this time is we add more and more and more things to our plate. And the whole time we're like, I got it, I got it. And like everything that we add, you're like, it's okay. It's only like 1% more than I have to do. I'm fine. But then you get to this point where you're like, okay, now I'm doing 237%. And the plate's real full and real heavy. And like, it could all just topple at any time, right? And so I'm going to read you a list of some reasons that you might be tired right now. And I hope that at the end of this list, and this is not a comprehensive list, this is just something I did a little quick brainstorm around, but I hope as we get to the end or when we get to the end that you are like, oh, now I get it. Because when you're in it, you don't see it. When you're in it, you're like, I can do 1%. What's just one more thing? I can do it, it's fine. But when you look at that over the course of a lot of time and many, many things being added to your plate, you're like, oh, but now I'm doing 87 more things than I used to. That actually really adds up. And so like, let's take some credit for that, right? Okay, so you might be feeling tired because of a change in your employment status. So maybe you lost a job and you haven't been able to get a new job. Or maybe there's been a change in your employment conditions. So maybe you've had to start working from home, which pros and cons to that, right? But it's different. And maybe you're working from home and you don't have your coworkers around you who you love anymore. You don't get like affirmations. I was actually talking to someone a while ago who was like, gosh, I didn't realize like how much I relied on feedback from my coworkers in the office. Just like validation of little things throughout the day and how that fueled me. And to be at home and missing that is really, really hard. Another reason that you might be feeling tired around employment is because maybe you actually aren't working from home. Maybe you're working in a frontline position where you are having to go to work every day in the middle of a pandemic and expose yourself to people that are treating this pandemic with varying levels of seriousness and in ways that might be feel really uncomfortable to you or maybe even compromise your health in different ways. And so any of those would be huge reasons that long term, that would just wear and wear and wear on you. And some days it might be in acute ways. And then other days it might just be this like grind, this grind around that. You also might be tired if your partner lost a job or had a change in their employment conditions or status. So this again could be your partner coming and working from home. I know for us, I was already working from home. So my situation there didn't change, but to now have my husband home full time, I mean, bless, love the guy, but also (laughs) I didn't marry someone I wanted to spend like seven days a week with every single hour of the day. And it's funny because I don't think I'm alone in that. And I remember when I, before I got married and I remember having girlfriends talking about like, oh, I could never work with my husband. And I was like, they clearly didn't marry the right person then. And now I'm like, oh, good grief. (laughs) Can you please just go back to work? So having a partner who's home all the time and you're just having so much togetherness and having to jockey for who's on Zoom calls in what room and navigating all of that or having a partner who's having to go out and expose themselves again as a frontline worker or someone who's out public facing and having to show up and doing work that can be unsafe and uncertain every day that wears on you right I remember listening to an interview that Laura Cathcart Robbins did on the only one in the room and she interviewed a nurse who was a mom and she said this was at the very beginning of the pandemic but 
she was an ER nurse and she's like, I'm living in a tent in my backyard because I need to quarantine from my family while I'm working. And I and work has to be the priority because of our family circumstances. I can't not go to work right now. I, we need that money. We rely on that income. And so I'm going to live in the backyard so that I can stay quarantined because I am in contact with patients who have COVID. And I remember just feeling like so much gratitude and sadness and like that someone would do that in order to be of service and a service that we need so greatly. And also what a huge sacrifice. And that's just, that's a big, big thing, right? And I know that many of us are in circumstances that are different in many ways, I know, but similar where we're having to make these really big decisions around how our family is going to manage exposure and how our family is going to manage these new boundaries around work and our conditions and all those kinds of things. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. 
So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, you also might be tired if you have kids home all the time. <laughs> and so this might be younger children that are preschool age. This might be children who are school age who are doing distance learning, but having kids home all the time and having constant needs and constantly getting in your way and interfering in your processes. And especially if you're also trying to work, holy cow, that is a lot. And that is very much like newborn land where you're really every day. And I've seen this on so many posts on social media where parents are like, I can't have another day like today with distance learning. I can't live this day again. This is so awful. This is so exhausting. My child is a mess. I'm a mess. We're all crying. So that wears on you in a huge, huge way over time. You also might be tired because you have no personal space. You're just all in the same space all the time together. You might be tired because you have no personal time. (laughs) So you don't get to do anything on your own. I know that Vinny and I have had some really magical times during the last eight months. And also, oh my gosh, like he gets up in the morning and he wants to do my morning routine with me. And I know someday I'll cherish it. But like sometimes he's against my body physically so much that like I'll be trying to type something on my computer and I can't move my elbow to like, to type. And I'm like, dude, can I have one inch? And that feels very analogous to like all of quarantine sometimes. And then we get this puppy and she literally follows me from room to room and jumps on the back of my legs while I'm walking. Now, if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, that's so cute and fun. And it is kind of cute and fun one time a day. But it happens every time I stand up and walk from one room to the next. And it's the entire walk. And she's jumping. And then if I'm wearing like anything that's loose fitting, she'll start chewing on it while I'm walking. So if I'm wearing like pajama pants or like sweats that are loose at the bottom or my Ugg boots. Oh, my gosh. My Ugg boots. She's like she thinks they're basically a chew toy for her. Like she's just all up on me all the time. And yes, it's adorable. And yes, it's annoying. (laughs) Another reason you might be tired is because you are supporting parents or in-laws or other family members in different ways. And so this might be because they are alone. This might be because they've had changing needs during COVID. I know that for us, you know, my mom lives alone. And initially during this time, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be alone. I was calling her like, normally we talk every Sunday between 4 and 5 p.m., sit and have a glass of wine. We have a great talk. It's like such a highlight for both of us. But early on in COVID, I was like, I feel like I should call her like every other day. Like, are you okay? I know you're isolated, you know? And not that I didn't, I was more than happy to do it. It wasn't a burden, but it is like that one more thing on your list of things to do and people that you're keeping track of and things that you're taking care of. And I know I've had a number of other friends have loved ones who needed like really serious care during this time, seeking treatment for cancer and other kinds of illnesses and chronic illnesses and sometimes even death. And 
having to be supportive in different ways during those circumstances, whether it's an acute thing like losing a family member during quarantine, or it's a chronic thing like having a family member who is ill during quarantine or just needs extra support that they previously didn't need, that weighs on you. And not because you don't want to do it and not because you don't love and adore the people that you're caring for. And maybe sometimes you don't, let's be honest. (laughs) Maybe sometimes you're just doing it because like it has to be done. But most of us probably hopefully love and adore the people we're having to care for or offer extra support to. But that is that one more thing on your plate, right? And then you might be tired because you're totally disillusioned with politics and you're just so done and you don't want to hear it, but you can't escape it and you want to be a responsible citizen. I know this is my situation where I'm like, well, I need to know enough to be a responsible citizen, but also like I can't take it constantly. And you've all heard me talk about this before, though, like my husband likes to turn on radios in every room of the house at 7 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't start my day with like this morning he had on his snooze. So I get up before him, but I was upstairs doing something when his alarm went off, which is the radio. And it was like immediately on some sort of like bat. I hear something about like and then they were firing shots and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, like you cannot wake up. The first thing that you hear in the morning is like some sort of, you know, battle that we're in, or I didn't hear the story to know the context around it. But just knowing that like the first thing you hear this on the news in the morning is something around gunshots were fired. Like that's not a good way to frame the day. (laughs) And so I have to have limits around like what I'm going to intake and how I'm going to intake it and really find that line between being a responsible citizen and making responsible informed decisions around voting and all of the things that come with that. And also having some boundaries around what I'm willing to expose myself to and what conversations I'm willing to engage in. And I will tell you, I've gotten so much better at not engaging in the conversations that are going to go nowhere, that are not going to serve me, that are not going to serve other people, that are just going to have me going round and round and round with people. And it's like very refreshing. And now it's funny, one of the things I catch myself doing a lot is when I want to go comment on something and engage in something that where there's probably going to be an argument or there already is an argument, I start typing and then I'm like, nope, delete, like just delete. And if you still think of want to come back in an hour, then come back in an hour. And inevitably, I'm like, oh, 10 minutes later, I'm like, no, I have like way better things to do with this hour than think about this. So I rarely go back. Only if it's like something where I feel like there's the opportunity for actual impact or actual connection, will I go back? And that saved me so much time and so much energy. Okay, so another reason you might be tired is because you've pushed pause on some of the things you typically outsource. So this might be around having cleaners in your house. This is true for us. We don't have cleaners in our house, which is fine, but also it's one more thing, right? I will tell you my house has not been dusted since March and I don't even care. I will also tell you that like, Picking up clutter isn't happening as much because that's something that used to happen in conjunction with cleaners coming. So it's just like it's more disarray, which also on top of like the burden of cleaning more things or cleaning more frequently and being responsible for the vacuuming and et cetera. It's also that there's just more junk everywhere because I'm not every other Wednesday cueing myself to like, oh, before the cleaners get here, make sure you pick up, right? Some of the good things that have come out of that is like Vinny has learned to scrub some toilets and I'm here for it. So (laughs) when I talk about things being added to your plate, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, like be conscientious of how much you're adding to yours and how much you're adding to others. And if you're adding none to others and you're taking it all on yourself, that needs to be addressed. You might be tired because you are not getting to connect or escape or relax in any of the ways that you used to. So it might be that you used to 
go walking with a friend once a week. Maybe you used to go running with a friend three days a week. Maybe you used to go to coffee with a coworker once a week. Maybe you used to hang out with girlfriends or family members or whomever on the weekends. Maybe you used to, I mean, one of my escapes was like going and roaming at Target. I haven't done that since last winter. So there might be just ways that you used to escape that you're not doing. Another one of my big ones that I loved was like once every week or every other week, I would go either to a coffee shop or to lunch. And my favorite was to like take myself to lunch, get a salad and a glass of wine and sit there and work for like three hours. I loved doing that. I haven't done that since February. And that was a way that was like this thing I looked forward to. And I would position my work week around it. Like, okay, if you get all these things done, and then you just have this stuff left, then you'll go here. And like, I had like all this anticipation around it. And now like, it's just not there. And so part of it is that I don't get to go do the thing. The other part of it is that I don't get to look forward to going and doing the thing. So not being able to get out and escape and relax in some of those ways or connecting with people that we used to connect with. And these connections can be things like conversations with coworkers, conversations that you used to have, like that you really took for granted or connections that you used to have that you really took for granted. It could be, I remember when I used to go to a certain yoga class years and years ago, but there was like one teacher who I loved and I would always like stay after and talk with her and it was so much fun. And we like totally had this great camaraderie and like little things like that. If you're not getting to do those things, that adds up, that adds up in a really big way. So not having those little moments of connection that you used to think nothing of, but now are completely gone, that will add to your fatigue because it's one less thing that's giving you energy, right? And then the last one I have on my list is that you might be tired because you're not able to access your grounding habits right now. And so some examples of this would be for someone who is used to going to a gym and working out three days a week and being in a class environment with people that you love and adore and you're all cheering for each other and now you can't do that or you're choosing not to do that. And so that's a grounding habit. Like this is my place where I go and I feel at home and I get to be a certain way and it really fuels me to have that gone. That makes a big difference in terms of your quality of life, especially if you aren't replacing it with something else. Another example might be other classes or activities. So I know my writing teacher who's teaching online right now used to teach workshops in person. And I know that like if I was someone who was doing an in-person writing workshop previous to COVID and then that was gone, that would be a major loss of a grounding habit for me, like having this place where I show up and write every week and share with other writers and all those kinds of things, that makes a big difference. Another grounding habit that might be missing right now is date nights with a partner or girls nights that are, you know, you used to have routinely where you were in connection with other people. And that was a place for you to be grounded, for you to sit and be and recenter yourself in it, whether it's in a conversation with one person, whether it's by yourself in a certain context, or whether it's with a group of people. Those grounding habits, which we'll talk more about in a minute, make a really, really big difference. They're so important to us. And when they're gone, things really shift. I know one of my grounding habits is my morning routine. And when I get to do it on my own versus when I have Vinny sitting right next to me, practically on top of me, it's really different. It's not nearly as grounded when I have a child on top of my left arm, right? The other piece of this is that you're tired because you don't know when it will end. So it's not just all the layers of fatigue that have come from all these different circumstances and situations that I just talked you through, but you don't know when it's going to end. So it's one thing to be like, well, you can't have date night for three months, or you're going to have your partner working from home while you're working from home while you're distance learning for two weeks. But instead to have that be like, we're just doing this now. And we don't know when it's going to be done. That is extremely exhausting. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing. And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. This reminds me of the difference between running a marathon and being in labor, which I've shared before. Like running a marathon was awful. I hated it, but also I knew where the finish line was. Like I knew every time I took a step, I was one step closer to 26.2 miles. So even though I hated it, I knew where the line was. When I was in labor, I did not know where the line was. And that was extremely mentally overwhelming for me. And it made me really, really hate labor because I wanted to know. I wanted to know like, okay, if this was my worst contraction, how many more do I have to have just like this so that I can prepare? Instead, I kept thinking, what if it gets worse? What if it gets worse? What if it gets worse? 
That's all I could think of the whole time I was in labor was like, how much worse is this going to get? And how long is it going to last? And that was extremely overwhelming to not know how long it was going to last and to not know. So if I had known like, this is going to last for six hours or 12 hours or even 24 hours, like to know anything around how to pace myself would have helped tremendously. But you just don't know in labor. And we just don't know right now. We don't know when it's going to end. You also don't recognize the signs of fatigue that you're in because you're in survival mode. So when you don't recognize the signs of fatigue, you can't own it. You're just like, I just know I'm cranky and I'm annoyed and I'm not a real awesome person to live with right now. That's like all you can surmise at the end of the day. (laughs) I was messaging with a mom last night and she said, every night I get my kids into bed and all I think is I can't do one more thing today. Like I'm so completely done. And every single day to feel that every single day is a lot. And to feel that and not be able to recognize like, oh, wait, I actually might be totally burned out. And I'm going to talk about burnout in a minute or totally chronically fatigued by these circumstances doesn't give us the validation that we need for where we're at and also doesn't give us access to tools to make it better. And then the other the last reason around this might be that you have either low level or potentially full blown depression, but you're just trying to push through it. And so I talked about this already, this like, I just, you know, I got to get through today or I got to get through this hour or I got to get through this call or this tantrum or whatever the thing is. And to just constantly be in that mode versus recognizing like, oh, wait, I might have some low level depression here. And I've heard people talking about this, like probably most of us have some low level depression, but if you're prone to depression or anxiety, you actually might have full blown depression right now. And we're all treating it as if like it's not there. Because our coping skill, and especially as women and especially as givers and high achievers, is I can't address that because I just need to like address the thing that's right in front of my face and I just need to get through today. And so that can be really, really overwhelming and exhausting over time. So I was reading or not reading, but listening to the most recent episode of Unlocking Us, which is Brene Brown's podcast. She had on Emily and Amelia Nagoski, and they are the authors of the book Burnout. And they were talking about burnout and how prevalent burnout is right now. And they were talking about stress cycles and how awful so many of us are at ending stress cycles or seeing stress cycles all the way through. So I'm not going to go into that data right now and that research. But it is a really, really helpful conversation that will absolutely complement everything that we're talking about today. So I highly recommend that you pop over and listen to that episode of Unlocking Us with Emily and Amelia Nagoski when you're done listening to this, because I think it will connect a lot of dots for you from like a science and data perspective. And also it's Brene Brown. So like, you know, it's freaking gold. (laughs) Such a good conversation. So I want to talk about how to fight the fatigue. So you get to own that you are tired and I want you to honor that you are tired. Own it and honor it, please. Okay, so let's talk about seven ways that you can honor your fatigue. So the first one is movement because motion processes emotion and energy creates more energy, like using energy creates more energy. And movement does not need to be intense. It can be any kind of movement. And actually on the episode of Unlocking Us, they talk about this and they talk about this as being like the best way to complete a stress cycle and get yourself through a stress loop so that you can move on from something rather than consistently being more prone to more and more burnout. So movement allows you to complete a stress cycle. It allows you to process emotion and it also allows you to, I think, process mentally and emotionally, which I think are two different things. And this is like 
I'm not a psychologist, so bear with me, but I'm going to speak from my own experience. The difference for me is that when I process mentally versus emotionally, emotionally is like this like bound up energy and it often is like processing anxiety or fear or nerves or sometimes excitement or joy. Whereas mental processing is like talking myself through something. So when I'm walking or running, that level of processing is huge for me. To be able to talk myself through something in my head, that's like the mental piece for me, which is different than the emotional piece. But I get home and I feel like mentally and emotionally refueled and recharged. So movement is crucial for fighting fatigue because of those multiple elements there of using energy to create energy, to process emotion, to process things mentally, such a big deal. And it doesn't matter how intense it is and it doesn't need to be for a really long time. Like literally a 10 minute walk can do the trick. Okay. Number two, actively listening to your body. Rest. I want you to incorporate long-term rest as an active plan to recover from long-term fatigue. Okay? That's my permission. So two weeks ago, I had this situation where I woke up on a Saturday morning. I had hurt my back the week before. I was in a lot of pain. I was super frustrated. And all I wanted to do was lay on the couch all day, which I never, ever, ever do. And I had this thought process that like, but if I do that, what if I just feel worse and I want to lay on the couch again tomorrow? And what if I just never want to get up off the couch again? Like it was this awful thought pattern around like, I can't let myself do that because I might never get up. And, but I was so cranky and my back hurt so bad that I kind of had to lay on the couch. So I ended up laying on the couch for much of the day. And here's what happened when I woke up the next day. I woke up on Sunday morning and I was like, oh gosh, am I going to feel that way again? Am I going to feel like I can't do anything except for lay on the couch? Nope. I woke up like on fire. I was like, where is my to-do list? Let's get started. Can't wait to dive in. And I still was dealing with this back pain, but I had let myself rest. I had let myself lay there. I had let Vinny watch extra TV and play extra Minecraft so that I could lay on the couch. We had like a super lazy Saturday and then as a family and my Sunday as a result was super productive and high energy. So I let myself rest. I listened to my body and I recovered. I actually recovered with that rest. And that fueled me into the week as well. So listen to your body and rest if it is asking you to rest. Number three, track what is true and what is beautiful. And I'm going to combine this with one other one. So number three and number four will combine. So track what is true and what is beautiful and also shift into constructive thinking and neutral thoughts. So what that means is that we tend to really want to put a lot of judgment and a lot of criticism and a lot of harsh analysis around our habits and around our thoughts and around our actions. And instead, if we can objectively, from a neutral standpoint, look at what is true and what is beautiful right now, look at what is true and honor like this is hard and this sucks and I'm mad. And this like, some of this is just total BS. We don't need to be here. Our country did not need to get to this point. We did not need to lose this many lives and we did not need to be unlocked. Like all the things that you want to think, the, like your neutral, like, or that are your true thoughts that might be very fueled. And also what is beautiful is that like, even in spite of all this, like I get to cuddle with a puppy every night and Vinny and I are having these really sweet bedtimes, which I'll talk about in a minute. And so that's what is true and what is beautiful. Like those things get to coexist. In addition to that, constructive thinking and neutral thoughts. So when you find yourself in those negative spin outs to move into a constructive place of neutral thoughts, yes, this is hard. And also I can do it rather than like, this is hard and I can't do it. And this is awful. And I'm a bad person and everyone else is doing it better than me. And I don't even know how to show up. And I'm a horrible mom. Like this is hard. And also I'm doing the best I can. And that is enough. 
And literally, you could just repeat that. This is hard. I'm doing the best I can. And this is enough over and over and over. Okay. Number five is start and maintain grounding practices. So you probably had some of these maybe before quarantine that you've let go by the wayside. Bring them back. So a grounding practice is something that brings you home to yourself. And so I actually, I shared with you all at the beginning of the year, every morning I was reading out of the Daily Stoic, totally stopped doing that in like April or May. I've returned to that. Oh my gosh, it feels so good to get up in the morning and read something that just allows my head to focus on one thing that creates a space for me to feel powerful. That is a grounding routine that I had been skipping because I was like, I should do some work before Vinny gets up. (laughs) And so I've returned to that and it feels really good. What are your grounding practices? My husband has taken up meditation. It's a grounding practice for him to meditate in the mid to late afternoon. So he doesn't do it first thing in the morning. He does it mid to late afternoon. That's when he gets his best opportunity for a reset. And he's loving it. I was dying when he first told me he was going to start meditating because, I mean, (laughs) the person I met 17 years ago would have laughed at the person who's going to lay on the floor and meditate at three o'clock every day. (laughs) So, but that's working really, really well for him. Another thing that works really well for me are my morning workouts. That is very much a grounding practice for me, which I've kept up during all this time, but it's continued to be a grounding practice. I have a good friend who she uses journaling in the morning to kick off her workday. She works for herself. And then to end her workday as a transitional activity and a grounding practice, she does an afternoon walk. So those can be really helpful. Where are your grounding activities? Those things that bring you back to yourself, those things that allow you to tune other things out. These would be any of your self-care practices, any of your morning routine things, anything that you do on a regular basis that allows you to quiet everything else down. And hey, you know what? It might be that you're doing it in your bathroom, hiding from your family with the door locked, and that's fine. But you need to have some grounding practices and some grounding routines. Like sit on the toilet with your earbuds in and listen to your favorite song, dance it out in the bathroom, listen to a meditation, like whatever the thing is that brings you home every day, do that. Number six is practicing saying no more often. I promise you, you are saying yes to too many things right now. Practice saying no more often. And then lastly, number seven is let people know that you're tired. It's okay to let people know that you're tired. Let people know that you're tired, ask for help and set boundaries. And you know what? When you tell someone that you're tired, they're going to be so relieved. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, me too. Thank you so much for saying it out loud. (laughs) I'm so grateful right now for anyone who's telling me that they're tired because I'm like, oh, I feel like you are seeing me by admitting that you're tired. (laughs) So let people know that you're tired. Let your partner, let your coworkers, let your kids, let everybody know that you're tired. It is okay to be tired and it is okay to be out of resources and it is okay to feel totally tapped. Let people know. Okay, if you know a mama who is feeling really tired right now, please share this episode with them so that they can feel validated and seen and affirmed and so that they can have some ideas of some little things that they can do to fight this fatigue and to listen inward in order to restore a little bit of this energy and in order to feel like they have a little more capacity on a day-to-day basis. Thank you for being here. Can't wait to be here next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued 
over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.